Hey. Hey. Hey, bro. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. A link. What you got? Is that a little jar of wine? Yeah, uh, you know, um, I got some got some a cabernet tonight. It has sulfites, uh, which I uh read all about last night in a, in a fit of worry in a fit of worry um turns out well, not... why were you so worried about sulfites i thought you know it's poisoning myself <laughs> I, I i worry about that all the time uh but it turns out they're not that bad uh some some people have sulfite allergies that'll lead them uh to have headaches but uh knock on wood i'm not one of those folks what are they called liam topathics liam what <laughs> what are they called uh a sulfite allergy <laughs> yeah i've never heard a word like that before in my life Sulfite is that a character from dune Sulf- <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to sip of mimos you've got jake and elliot here hi uh your your favorite pair of internet buddies that love to get together yeah. and talk about 90s rock and electronica this is uh, true now if this is your first time tuning in to sip and mimos um, this is the internet's premiere show wherein Elliot and I take deep dives into select radio rock and electronica albums, oftentimes, mm-hmm. but not necessarily all the time, while over um, a, a delicious mimosa. Yeah. Elliot. Yes, sir. What's been new? Tell me what you've seen. Tell me what you've smelled. Oh, goodness tasted, gracious. Uh, uh, heard lately. Um... Wish you could have given me a heads up on this one. You've never asked me this question before. <laughs> I was feeling down the other night and like just ripped through the entire first season of Ted Lasso again. That made me feel things. That'll make you feel good. That'll make, that'll make you feel something. I was there to cancel my Apple TV because I'm like, I don't watch this any, ever. And then I was like, oh, I should probably check out that third season. But it's been a while since I watched this, the first. So, And then that's how they get you. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Man, that, um, third, that, thir- that third season... Have seen it? Yeah. No, I have not. That's why oh. I watched the first over again. Oh, 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 oh. I remember the second season being kind of well schmaltzy, but like that the whole thing is kind of that. And I but I, and I adore that about it. Yeah. Uh and then so I need to finish that up. And then as soon as that I finish that, I'm sure the new season of uh Severance will drop. And I'm like, ah damn it. And they'll get me again. Because that show's dope. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually ordered the soundtrack on uh, vinyl from uh, Mondo, and it came in uh, with and I the got split the, the split thing or whatever. Isn't it a cool packaging? Uh, I got the um, the happy happy hour fun dance version, uh, where it's uh, like it comes in a, a blue Manila folder that they get on the show. Cool. And there's yeah. Like different different pieces of art in there. Um, I mean, I've talked about Mondo before, but man, they 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 do such a good job. They're they're in, in from what I understand a bit of jeopardy and like ownership has been moving around a little bit. So yeah, it's maybe if you see some Mondo prints or uh, vinyl, grab it because you never know when it might be a extreme collector's item. Yeah. I've been chasing their Fight Club soundtrack for a long time, but it's a difficult one because if you I don't know if you're familiar with the packaging, like you have to rip it apart to open it. Because they're like, no. they're like, they're like, it's cool because it's like it's sealed in a way where the cardboard around the the LP is sealed within the cardboard, and you have to tear the packaging apart 
to get into it. Oh, wow. Because like the messaging is like, break away, stop giving shit about objects and all this. Just listen to the music, which is kind of brilliant. But so I think I need two copies. (laughs) 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 Um, This I understand this. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But like some of them are pink, some of them are blue. It's very interesting to me. Like I'm, I've, I've been a, I've been a fan of that score for a long time. Who, who, uh, did, this, who did the score to Fight Club? That is the Dust Brothers. Okay, I was gonna say I thought it was like the chem, Chemical Brothers. It's a different set of brothers. Different set of brothers, and uh, in fact, the Chemical Brothers used to be called the Dust Brothers, and then they had to change the name because the Dust Brothers American became so popular by producing big uh, bands, including Hanson, and they 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 made Umbop. And then uh, the Chemical Brothers were popping up, you know, and so they changed their name to the Chem Chembros, yes. and leaving Dust Brothers to the American duo. I, rem- I remember this. Yeah. It's all coming full circle. Yeah, it's come up before, I think. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to a uh, a rerun of Sipping Mimos. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I uh, I'm a big fan of like the Mondo Mondo stuff, but um, another one, another. Label. I, I've talked. I think I've talked about them too. Waxwork, out of uh, out of New Orleans, and uh, I'm getting into a Louisiana mood uh, because oh. one of our bands tonight is definitely from Louisiana. This is true. But the thing, have I showed you this one? Th- that this is the one that breaks away. Yeah, you showed me that when we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. Oh, boy, it's a handsome thing. I'm so excited. Um, so Morricone, right? Not Carpenter. Yeah. He did the score for something else too that I was so surprised, and I meant to take a note of it. Um, Marconi? Yeah, it was. It was like one where I was like, huh, "I n- never would have thought of that." Let me see. No, it was like backdraft or something. Um, oh, really, man? Because I love that backdraft. I've never, I've never Ooh. seen backdraft. The Untouchables, the Brian, the Brian oh. De Palma movie. Oh, cool, 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 cool. With Sean cool. Connery. Sean Connery and the Untouchables? Boy. Uh-huh. What year? What year? That is 87. Late 80s, early 90s, cop drama, R-rated stuff. Just a black hole for me. I, I could see that. I, I I I went through a really big Costner phase. I mean, I I go through really big Costner phases. Um, we have an episode called Costner Kick before, as you've mentioned this before. Welcome back to another rerun of Sipping Mimos. Are we out of things to talk about? What's happening? This is a crisis of the pod. Well, and so I go through these Costner phases, as I've said before. And uh, <laughs> and, um, and he's great in that one. Um, and uh, Sean Connery, that's the only movie he ever won an Oscar for. Best supporting. Sean Connery? Uh-huh. That's his only Oscar? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I would have given it to him for The Rock. Uh, what what oh. would you have given it to him for? Um, Entrapment. League, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The movie that forced forced him. Well, not forced, but the movie that he was just like, I'm done. He's like, yeah, I don't think I understand this anymore. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> How about yourself? Have you seen anything, listened to anything, uh, tasted anything awesome? So we're officially in spooky season. Um, so I've just been like just just devouring um horror movies. Do you have a whole lineup? You're gonna do a 31 horror movies, uh, one a day kind of thing? Because um, you've done that I, before, right? Yeah, so I did it last year and it was a blast. I don't have a lineup 
my wife hasn't seen like a lot of like the classics. So I'm kind of like programming some really cool ones for her to check out. Um, so we did Scream, the first Scream um, this past weekend. I know you, you are, you're so iffy on I, Scream. You're not a Williamson head. I'm not a Wes Craven guy. I don't get it. Oh, I'm sorry, no, I, man. I, I don't. I don't. I don't see the separation. I don't see why it's a satire. I really don't. I mean, this is just a shitty version of a movie that could be cool. And oh, I think it's, oh, it's satire. Scream. Yeah, and all this, uh, you know, following sequels. I'm like, like, at, oh, and there, there's a certain point where they're watching a movie called Stab or whatever. And I'm like, okay, that's the satire. Okay, well, let's make that movie then. And it's just like. I find the violence perverse and I, and like, I hate all the characters. I'm like, why am I watching this? Is it meant to be a comedy? Cause it's not that funny. But if I was going to watch any of them, I would watch that first one. Yeah. Well, is it all Craven? Like, are, do, will you give like nightmare on Elm Street a pass? Um, I think I like that new nightmare idea. So that's a satire. That's, that's cool. Like where he breaks into the real world or whatever, or out of the film actors. But I haven't seen it. So you know what? Maybe I'm just uneducated. I don't know. Growing up, those movies were the biggest deal and I just didn't care for them necessarily. So yeah. it's on me. I'm working on myself, as we all are. <laughs> but I just I don't I don't I don't get it. I feel you. As I've gotten older, I've come to realize that I prefer the movies of John Carpenter more. Uh I yeah, think, uh, for sure. So and we haven't we watched the first Halloween back in august because i found my dvd copy and i couldn't wait so we um, you found your dvd carpentry yes Car- carpentry oh my god copy and it was like still in the ra- still in the shrink too which is nice oh wow i think i may have like bought it right as i was getting into like the blu-ray game you know you didn't mess around the blu-ray game so i was just like i'm gonna psh, no way but i never owned that movie on the blu-ray so <laughs> But so uh, I've I've gone back and watched all the Friday the Thirteenth talk about bad uh, slashers. All of them? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm on part nine right now. Ugh. Um, What's it doing to your mind? <laughs> Not nothing good. I imagine they're so ba- they're bad. They're like can't look away bad. Yeah. There's, if you're interested in them, I would say one three. Okay, just one and three. Uh, oh, okay. As, as like the essential ones, those are the ones we'll probably watch. Uh, I'll probably watch with with my wife. I would, I would, I wouldn't want her to. Has uh, has she missed a big classic that you consider a classic? And have you missed a big classic that you haven't seen that you might need to put in the list? Uh, What's one you've missed question. entirely? And like, oh boy, that's a great question. Um, I know that's why I asked it. Hmm. <laughs> I'd like to watch the the rest of the Universal monster movies. Oh, like the old school, yeah, classics. Yeah, I I saw Dracula sure. last year. It was creepy, like super creepy. Oh yeah, um, yeah, and very short too. Those movies are short; they're like an hour and ten minutes. Um, oh, if the, the old ones, yeah, yeah, yeah. If that, I think the Mummy and the Wolfman and Frankenstein are streaming on one of the platforms. So I'd like to check those off this year. Um, the, the movie I'm most excited to show my wife is probably Shining. She hasn't seen The Shining? Yeah. Oh. I know. You better make a awesome dinner before watching The Shining. Oh, yeah. Just so it's, she feels comfort, you know. Oh, yeah. That's, I, I think, you know, um, may, may have to, but The Shining, in the weirdly, in the pandemic became one of my comfort movies. Um, yeah, yeah. 
I just, I just, I adore that movie. Um, and uh, I'm really, really excited to to show it to her. Um, and also just to watch Doctor Sleep again. I love Doctor Sleep. Didn't see that one. Oh man! After your wife watches the, watches The Shining for the first time, when she's like brushing her teeth, getting ready for bed. You just pull out the typewriter and sort of click, 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 yeah. clicking away. She's <laughs> like, ah, uh, Jake. Like, what is it, darling? Man, I, I'm so excited. I I want to I want to wait for like a night that's kind of cool outside, you know, like so Can't wait. it might be one of those like, babe, I know we had plans, but it's supposed to get down to 73. We're watching The Shining. Like, <laughs> I've been, been waiting all year for this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen uh, The Descent? Oh man, when it first came out, but I can I can do a lot. I can handle a lot. Claustrophobia. Oh man. Oh, okay, I think we've talked about this one before too. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I, that's I just like just my one of my go to like recommends for people like We're looking for something scary. Like, what do you think? Like Descent. It's the craziest shit I've ever seen in a while, and it's not like so gory or whatever that will turn people off it's not so uh upsetting but it is upsetting and yeah it's a horror movie but it is like scary and kind of wild but it has a little that little uh sprinkle of adventure on top of the horror that makes it like processable where you're not just like yeah. bummed out the whole time so I, I like that in a horror movie like well someone has to try to get out of here uh yeah. you know and that's that's what makes it kind of fun i think i just have a, a fear of splunking like oh just no no thanks i i i almost i just about freaked out in uh batman begins just when it was mentioned <laughs> you know <laughs> in batman begins Remember oh when he's, he's like splunking looking for the blue rose and shit <laughs> well remember when he's like he's getting the bot the body armor and he's just like mr wayne what do you need this for and he's like uh splunking and uh he was like mr wayne you don't have to lie to me do you, you don't have to lie to me but don't think i'm a fool <laughs> I think it's the line, which is pretty great. And I, a new one I watched recently was No One Will Save You. Have you heard about this? Uh, no. Director is Brian Duffield. I'm not familiar with their work, um, but it stars Caitlin Dever. Um, she was in Booksmart. <gasps> oh, I have. I've seen something about this. Go on. I liked, I loved her in Booksmart. It was great. Is this like a, it's like a home invasion kind of situation? Yeah, it's like sci-fi. But it gets a little wild? Yeah. So there's there's like no dialogue in the entire movie, which love love, which is different for sure, uh, especially when it's a movie that involves. I don't think there's not. I don't think there's like a spoiler for it. I mean, because she's literally in a tractor beam going up into the sky on the oh. poster. Uh, she's fighting off aliens the entire oh. time. Well, I haven't seen the poster, but okay. thank oh, you for that. I'm sorry. I'm it's sorry. no. I had her. I had it up at the alien thing. Okay, but that one's worth watching. Uh, yeah, I would say so. It, it's different. Um, yeah. If your voice goes up, that means you didn't like it that much. I gave it two and a half stars um, yep. on the old letterbox. The old letterbox. Um, I would say just for her performance, um, definitely check it out. It's also some really cool imagery and interpretations of like the gray alien. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them are actually really kind of cute. So, uh, <laughs> right on. Uh, like at times I was like, oh, he's trying to give her a hug. Come on. He's so cute. Look at him. He's great. Oh, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't think I've watched the Blair Witch Project all the way through. You've never watched it all the way through? Are you serious? Yeah, I've seen like the end, but I don't think I've watched the whole thing all the way through. That might be my that might be my biggest modern. How did you just watch the end? 
you skipped ahead. You read the last chapter of the book and they're like, I don't like it. I think so. I remember like a friend uh, maybe had it on VHS. Yeah. And uh, maybe like that's like my earliest memory of that is that like that iconic last scene. But I don't think I've ever seen it all the way through. Add that to your list, buddy. Is it bet? Is this is it as good as the sequel, The Blair Witch? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, bold stance. I think it might be better than any <laughs> sequel to it. I think the original is probably the one you want to watch. And if you've got it on VHS, I'd watch it on that because it's fun. Oh, it's Book of Shadows, Blair Witch Two. Yeah, don't watch that, please. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. No, I will do that to myself. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I turn 41 in the next few weeks. Uh, oh, shoot. Yeah. Uh, no no Halloween plans, no birthday plans. Ugh. We got to get together, get at least a brew. <gasps> I would love to. You want to? The me bros got to at least get a beer for the for the birthday. My B-Day is October 23rd. If you want to hang. Hell yeah. Yeah, like I was talking earlier, it's straight up October. You know, like this mm-hmm. year's, this year's, almost done bro yeah can you can you believe it <laughs> elliot can you uh-huh. believe uh-huh. in life after love i think i might be able to yeah are we ready let's do it <gasps> I'm, bu- I'm buckling in blast off here we, we go so curious like i figured like no he's gonna transition with share first because there's no transitioning to neutral milk yeah. <laughs> like which one of these lyrics this kind of reminds me of uh seaton stains the mountaintops <laughs> i'm like no you're not gonna come you're not gonna be able to pump you're not gonna be able to see, like, uh, transition into an album like that no I've, I've been you know i've been giving a lot of time reading the, the works of karl marx and i think it might be a commune or something <laughs> Communist's daughter? Communist. Oh. Oh, that would have been. Oh, yeah. All right. What well, kind of works? <laughs> yeah, it would have been a stretch. Just in case I run for office someday. <laughs> I'll cut it out. This is all. All right. So, <laughs> all right, man. Let's do Let's talk share. Um, my album this week <laughs> uh, is actually celebrating its 25th anniversary this month. Another anniversary one. I love it. I did not plan that. Um, yeah, so these things happen. I brought to the table 1998's Believe. October October 22nd, day before my birthday. Oh, shit. That's right. Happy birthday to uh, me. Share. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. By, by the iconic Share. Share. Elliot. Yeah? What were your thoughts on Believe? <laughs> you know, well, yeah, I had, of course, heard the song before. 
I believe the big old single off of it because oh, I was God. ever present. Oh God! Um, oh, okay. All right, settle down. And that was that was uh, a good. <laughs> and you know, it's a good tune. What am I? You know, as I as I approach death, I'm trying not to be cynical about anyone's music. And like, I know, and just like Eiffel 65 or 4, I'm not trying to ray of light this. But if you do the math, this is her ray of light. Or at oh, least yeah. her, her response to it seems oh, to yeah. be. Absolutely. Uh, I was, I was going to say, uh, I, I, I kind of believed, I believed um, <laughs> this album more than Ray of Light. Does that make sense? Yes. It feels more honest. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. We're like Ray of Light, you know, which, you know, I, I did enjoy Ray of Light, but. Um, yeah, and actually I did too. If you, if you recall, listeners go back to Ray of Light, it's a much contested album, but at the end of the day, I kind of did like say like four of these tunes are awesome. There's no day dying, but like, I just like, ugh, I don't, I just, I don't think I, I care for Madonna that much as an artist, essentially. But, yeah. but, but Cher, like I have respect for her. She's clearly an icon. And this is her just using those tools and doing the, doing a similar thing and making uh, an album about boomer divorce or widowing. <laughs> Seems to be. Yeah, you know, um, th- there's certainly a lot of empowering songs on here, which you want to hear. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I kind of had the same experience. I, you know, I can remember watching this music video and if you're not familiar, Cher has like glow sticks in her hair, um, and she's at a she she might be at the club that Third Eye Blind is at uh, in the Jumper music video. Um, <laughs> she might be at the club that Lenny Kravitz is at in the Fly music video. I'm not sure. I just remember this this. Um, I remember watching this music video over and over again on VH1, and I talked about my love about VH1. It's just my greatest hits episode. Um, yeah. Um, because VH1 played the whole music video. And it wasn't like it wasn't like TRL where they would play like 15 seconds and then get back to Carson Daly, um, which I also love. But I, I just, <laughs> I like, we I watched this video recently with, with the wife and I was like, hey, check this out. Check this out. This guy, he's blowing this girl off. Check this out. See, I told you they weren't going to get back together. And uh, she was, you know, I was thinking I was going to, you know, super uh, impress her. And uh, she, she, you know, she was supportive. Um, but I don't think it, I don't think it really landed uh, her, you know, my, my knowledge, my play-by-play knowledge of 20 Of the share video. 25-year-old share videos. Um, oh, I watched that video and I watched the uh, um, Strong Enough video. I watched the Strong Enough video and like, it seems like a similar thing. But the Strong Enough video was hilarious in where a, a boy... A seemingly 22-year-old boy is trying to load up a screensaver, <laughs> and then lightning strikes his apartment, and then Cher comes out of his computer and seems to be projected all over the world, and saying how strong she is, and everyone's way into it. I also, a couple it. seems to break up and then get back together or something like that. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of young kids with like very hip hair haircuts, <laughs> and Cher is uh, uh, <laughs> scoring the entire thing. Kids that probably don't know who Cher is. Jake, tell us who Cher is. Uh, Cher is a legend. Um, yes. In every sense of the word. Um, found fame. Uh, found fame. Oh, shoot. 
uh, as uh, one half of Sonny and Cher, uh, which were a uh, musician slash TV show. Uh, they had they were musicians and had their own TV show. Um, they were also, if I'm not mistaken, married as well. Uh, they were wed. They were wed. Okay, awesome. <laughs> yeah, and Cher. It's hard to describe Cher. Um, she's an icon um her you know some of her like bigger songs are probably turn back time one of my faves she's got one that i didn't even realize it was share um it's called gypsies tramps and thieves um love that tune oh it's killer you don't realize it's like a it's like a folk song um she's like one of these icons that was like famous for being famous before famous was a thing like like yeah song dance personality like that's perfect like, way to put it. Co-hosted a show, was able to sing, perhaps dance. I just like people are just like, mm-hmm. That's the person we want to see every night. And then she was like, just this person. I think she and she can act too. Oh my god. Uh, she's like, like she's she's an Oscar winner. She won for uh, Moonstruck. Moonstruck is with Nicolas Cage. Um, she totally won an Oscar for that. Um, so just like a, a four quadrant egot kind of status icon. Absolutely. Um, I think and, I, I, I think sure. I think like Barbara Streisand, Whippy Goldberg, that kind of shit. Diva, you know, but diva, not like yeah, like diva can oh, have right. like a negative connotation, but like not like. Remember those like v- talk about VH1 the Divas Live concerts. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Maybe, a those, Maybe a little bit. Do you remember those? Maybe a little bit. I loved it. Okay. But uh, yeah, you know, she's known for her, you know, elaborate costumes yeah you know uh i talked about the glow sticks in her hair for this music video um i don't know i've always had you know a lot of respect for sharon she has a really unique voice you know and Mm -hmm. and she's very uh for lack of better she's kind of like a badass like she is she's like very she will stand up for what she believes in and um i admire that for sure and she doesn't need any man to define her exactly there's some great interviews that you can see, you can catch of her, like, where, like, you know, men are like dessert. Like, I love dessert, but, like, I don't need it, necessarily. It's not, like, part of the meal. Like, my life is the meal. I don't, and dessert's great, but, like, I don't need it, necessarily. I just, you know, this is, like, early, cool, like, feminism stuff, and I, I, I dig her attitude. She's a lot of fun. Yeah, did you ever see that one um, where she, like, burned David Letterman? Because David Letterman was being like a turd. Um, oh, I'm sure he was. Yeah. She like called him an asshole or something like that, or like Good. on, on, on the show. So, and this is uh, taken from UltimateClassicRock.com. Okay. It says the conversation continued to be awkward yet cordial until Letterman addressed the elephant in the room and asked the singer why she turned his show down for so many years. Being Cher, she just came out and said, "I thought I would never want to do this show with you." The star began, only to immediately be interrupted by Letterman. Why? Because you thought I was, the host asked, an asshole, Cher responded. <laughs> the audience clapped, <laughs> first, gapping, first gasping, and then started clapping. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, good for her. That's uh, from Courtney E. Smith was the author for that. That's when Cher called David Letterman an asshole on national TV. She's an icon. She just, you don't mess with Cher. And this album is full of like songs that are about empowerment. Um, yes picking yourself up um straight up the music for uh did you notice the first the music for strong enough is just the music for last dance 
Last Dance. What? What? Donna Summer. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, there's a lot of Donna Summer in here. I was like, which song is this? That they're like lifting or what? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Donna Summer, though. Yeah. Like just even like the. I heard a lot. You know, I heard a lot of ABBA. You know, I heard oh, a lot of. Yeah. Heard a lot of. I heard a lot of female-led disco stuff in here. Yeah. Um, there was some also some really like stuff kind of like a. Uh, Similar to what we listened to on Europop, um, you know, a couple mm-hmm. episodes ago, uh, "Runaway" was a standout for me. Um, very clubby, and also it had some intense um, using of the auto-tune vocals. Elliot, mm-hmm. let's talk. Let's talk about why "Believe" matters in terms of auto-tune. When you okay. first, when you first heard "Believe," the the, the lead single. And you heard that vocal effect Cher do that Cher had on her voice that you know the uh, 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 you know that's not that was the you know um, what did you think? Do you remember? <laughs> well, I thought it was interesting, um, but I'm like, is this Peter Frampton technology? Is this like the thing in your mouth, whatever? What did Frampton use? You must know, but like, uh, but right. talk box. The, the talk box. Is this talk box? Is this that? Is this the, oh no? It's just like a little filter or whatever. Like moving the octaves like steps instead of soaring through them and or, or up them and chain and like pitching keys or you're just you're stepping it up instead of going up and down. So it just creates this wild effect. I thought it was all right. I was like, this is a neat, you know, uh, thing. It's odd for someone that's known as quite the vocalist to use a tool like this, right? You know, because like, don't you want to kind of hear chairs raw vocals? Yeah. You know, um, but it works for that that number. That number. <laughs> How old am I? <laughs> that that tune. You know, and it was clearly a big old hit, and it's fun to listen to and uh, and and right on. So I, I kind of a, just you know, it went in one ear and out the other, and I was like, huh, maybe I won't listen to this much more. You know, and then, and it was just everywhere. And people like figured out ways to how to use it where they like will sing into it, they will sing into a deadpan and then adjust their notes afterwards. Yeah. Uh, like they, they, everyone's like really been working on this thing for quite some time. Two chains. Uh, like it's really in, you know, Kanye and all that stuff have been doing yeah. this for a long time. I would say who um, um, takes it to the extreme is T Pain, you know? Yeah. Which is really interesting because he has a really beautiful voice as well um did i say two chains instead of t-pain i did okay i meant t-pain all right oh okay <laughs> um it's like i would i would say it's akin to like uh having like a really nice guitar tone and then putting all bunch of types of effects on it and modulating it and distorting it and um i i remember first hearing this you know back in 98 and being like whoa like how did she sing like that? You know, <laughs> like, oh, uh, sure. And not realizing it was like a, a, a Some wizard, wizardry. Yeah. yeah. And I remember uh, my cousins talking about it. They're like, oh, yeah, the way she sings like that is she like opens her mouth in a, in a dirt, certain way and like hits her throat or something like that. And I'd be like, oh, oh wow. Really? Oh, they thought there was like, an organic way to do it. Um, yeah. Um, wow, interesting. Yeah. So it was like mysterious, either. yeah. It was very, very mysterious. Um, wow, cool, cool. I think T-Pain might be like the edge of vocoder technology, you know, like oh, yeah. for like as a guitar tech, like to a vocal tech, like 
I wouldn't mind having that conversation, like, like, or comparison, you know, like, um, because that guy really pushed it and did some really cool shit with it. Oh yeah, uh, like, yeah. Did you have any other standout tracks? Um, like, a lot of things. Um, you know, strong enough sounded like I will survive. You know, uh, uh, like Gloria Gaynor, right? We've got uh, a history with Gloria Gaynor's. I will we survive. actually performed Gloria Gaynor's "I Will Survive" before in a band together. And maybe that's me, but like, and I'm getting old, but like, I, I, I hear the, like, age in it. Like, well, like, you know, I've been through so much and I've gone through so much and I've, and I've been here so long. Like, how do I restart? And it just, it just feels like a, you know, rebirth of a woman of a certain age. And like, yeah. and I don't think, no, and, and not in any, I'm not trying to say that in any gross way or anything, but like, uh, it's cool. So she like enlists like a bunch of cool, like, um, New York producers at the New York house, like uh, Todd Terry and Junior Vasquez. And, Are those and, names you, you recognize in your research? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me okay, ask you on. this. So, okay. What does Cher and Enrique Iglesias have in common? My mom's divorce. <laughs> well, elaborate. They shared a producer on this album, yeah. <laughs> My mom got divorced and she became a big Enrique fan and I believe loved this share uh, album as well. And it became her power tunes when she was out there in the world and all that. And oh, yeah. uh, they, they shared, wait, was it Taylor? This, he's, a, he's the songwriter. Um, Mark Mark Taylor? Uh, Paul Berry. Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. Okay, he, yeah, he, of course. He wrote what? Hero and Bailamos. He seems to know how to record a guitar, so I wonder if he put those in. Because it does really do that a lot. Otherwise, it just would be a dance tune instead of like a crossover hit. Yeah. Apparently, it was hard to get this one like put out because people are like we love the we love the weird uh, vocal thing that she's doing on the chorus, but we don't like those verses. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, this, it was kind of a slow weird. burn. It didn't it didn't it, reach like the top of the chart until like spring. And also, this is her twenty second album, dude. That's crazy. This is like. That's monumental. That's insane. I didn't know she had so much stuff out there. The Sonny and Cher, they were do they were doing their thing in like the mid sixties. You know, so at this point, oh, yeah. Cher's this is her thirty-third year. Th well, I mean thirty plus year um in the business, which is just just amazing. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm like six years at my job and I'm like, oh God, you know. <laughs> and to, yeah. to be able to like get into all for this shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah and she I, looks and she looks amazing like oh my god i always well, always well, she looks right i always enjoy share for sure the other one the i want to touch on um was taxi taxi that's the todd terry one that's todd terry he's a new york house guy he's been on my list for for the entire show really uh oh, yeah. todd that's my i think even more so than believe um i think t taxi taxi is my favorite Really? On the album. I love that oh, song. I should you should I should have given it more listens. Okay. I thought it was alright. It's, like, it's got this great chorus. You know, I love a good chorus and um it's like there's a lot of I'm you know, a lot of that Euro um that Euro um dance, Euro pop stuff that we, we heard a lot um with, with Eiffel uh, a couple weeks ago, which only came out a year after this. Uh, so it's, I think this album and, and like Eiffel is they're just like time capsules, you know, like they're, I don't know, they're, they yeah. sound like the late nineties. 
come. Yeah. Uh, and but the, a lot of the drum loops sound like stuff off of homework. I was like, wait, is that the same beat off of homework? And like, oh, well, no, homework's all off 808s. They're doing it. Okay. And then like, they're like, but they're doing like loops. They're using loops and stuff like that that are like, that sound like that. And like a lot of guys used uh, in, in that era. And, you know, yeah, yeah. There's some jams on here, man. Um, yeah, but, you know, I heard that, you know, that punk stuff and then like the autotune stuff. And yeah, and, um, you know, it's, yeah, that's all right. And, and like, yeah. and come on, this is a, this is a good vocal first album, right? Like we're like we're meant to hear that how good they're picking up her voice and not necessarily like the drum loops in the background, right. but they're there and they sound great. Um, but like they're all complimenting Cher and Absolutely. what she's doing. So I appreciate that a lot. Do you like this more than Ray of Light? I would probably return to this one more than Ray of, uh, before Ray of Light. Um, that being said, I like this one as as an album. Um, I think Ray of Light has has those singles, those that, that mm -hmm. title track, Frozen, and uh, what's the one with like Sky? Yeah, uh, Sky Meets there's, Heaven or something like there's, that. There's more stuff going on in Ray of Light. I think there's more yeah. like different ideas, uh, or at least like moods. And this one's right. just like you can do it, girl. Like for ten songs, which is great. Um, but like you know. Uh, is what, where's her where's her crooning like sad song it's also dedicated to sunny you know yeah he, um, he sadly died that year uh in a skiing accident boy and skiing I'm, accident fucking hell but yeah i uh, it was it was fun to listen to this one i i own it on vinyl so hashtag yeah did you bring you it out the vinyl can i see it uh, it's on <laughs> i have it oh, on boy. It's, it's on my stand i should have grabbed it um it's in the basement it's uh, I swear I have it. <laughs> no, I know you. I know you. It's uh, it's it's a mirror. Like the cover is like kind of like a mirror. It's like silver, but it's very reflective. Um, uh -huh. And so like I was gonna take a picture of it earlier, but I but I I caught my like I caught my face at like nine in the morning, and I still had a dead head, and I was like, Ugh. <laughs> oh, you should have taken a picture and sent it to the Instagram. It kind of looks like I'm standing next to Cher in the picture, which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, I have great memories looking to believe i if you're ever at a party or um mm -hmm. you know or in the car and you want a, an instant sing-along road trip and everyone's grumpy put on believe it's uh it's one of the great songs of the 90s um it's really a really influential song um with that auto-tune uh kind of like kind of introduced producers and artists to to using it as um as not just a pitch correction but as, as an instrument in and of itself um another example that i heard it was uh, george Strait's stars on the water uh he oh. used it just like he's the king of country and he's using um autotune uh you gotta send me that one i want to hear that it's wild it's it's a great song it's one of my it's one of my faves um but yeah, uh, throw on throw on believe next time you're hanging out, you're at a dance or something. Request believe, and I uh, can, can guarantee you, you're gonna get like an instant feel good sing along with with your buddies. Many people don't realize what an enormous impact their physical surroundings have on their mental well being. Being surrounded by a home that feels like you and brings beauty and inspiration into your life gives you a feeling of calm and appreciation of the beauty in the world.
You fill your home up with furnishings and items one way or another. Why not make them wonderful and a reflection of yourself? Joyce at Joyce Marie Interiors is committed to bringing beauty and elegance into the world one room at a time. Let her help you transform yours. Because if you could do it yourself, you would. Visit JoyceMarieInteriors.com for more information and tell her Jake and Elliot sent you. In fact, in fact, uh, shares believe became a huge hit, and it was everywhere for a hot minute, if you could recall. Um, and even a very popular website considers it number twenty-three in the uh, best songs of the nineteen nineties. Believe marked a new era for share popular music. Share's voice warbles with synthetic oscillation. Believe became one of Cher's biggest career hits, reaching number one in the United States and a dozen other coverage uh, countries. They l- later went on to say about another band that we reviewed, the same publication, they seem to be operating under the premise that if you hear something enough times, you'll start to believe it. But after more than 15 listens to Discovery's first single opening track one more time, vocoder vocalist Romanthony doesn't have, doesn't have me feeling the need, much less waiting, celebrating, and dancing so free. This could just be me, of course. Maybe I just haven't taken enough ecstasy or horse tranquilizers to appreciate the tinny sampled brass ensemble, the too sincere chill out midsection, or the fat drum machine beats that throb in time with my headache. Huh. 6.4 to Daft Punk's One More Time off of Discovery. This publication is called Pitchfork, and they're fucking pieces of shit. They also give a 10 to my album this week. Neutral Milk Hotels in the aeroplane over the sea. Damn. When you were young, you were the king of carrot flowers. And how you built the tower tumbling through the trees. In holy rattlesnakes that fell all around. Daft Punk, a 6.4? 6, 4, dude. Damn. My discover. My discover. My dream height. <laughs> your, your dream height. Oh, 6, 4. Burnt <laughs> <laughs> height of Taylor Swift's boyfriend. How did you know that? I was just. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's That, that shit's fucking everywhere. Uh, I don't want to. I don't give a shit. Uh, all right, so uh, all right, so uh, for the next uh, half hour, you've got the King of Carrot Flowers and the Two-Headed Boy chatting Neutral Milk Hotel in the aeroplane over the sea. Elliot, yeah. what the hell is this album, man? I've never heard anything like this before. You've never heard it? Okay, so you've never, have you, you've never heard this before? Uh, uh, the first time I ever heard of this band was in that episode of Parks and Recreation yes. when um, April... Uh, they're, they're, they're like seeing if they know their partner and the question is like what's your what's your partner's favorite singer and Chris Pratt goes oh easy it's me and, and yeah. uh, Aubrey Plaza goes no, no it's Jeff Magna from Neutral Milk Hotel and that was I was like what I don't get it but that's the first time yeah 
That's a really great episode. I didn't. I, I almost wanted to because I know you know that one, and I almost wanted to do like a dating game, three questions thing with you tonight, which would have been really funny <laughs> as a segment. Uh, Neutral Milk Hotel. Like, uh, there's like two albums uh, of this man named Jeff Mangum, who you know is shrouded in mystery, but also you know like you know, I used to look into it. Like he's just a just a bummed out dude. I I found this album in college, as I, I believe many people did in the aeroplane over the sea um this is like birth of like you know indie rock which which became a genre into its own self but it's really not a genre is it because indie doesn't independence doesn't mean a, a musicality does it? it it's like calling indie film a genre but it's not quite right it just these guys like made this really really wild album and i found it really spectacular I, I guess it got like mixed reviews when it came out and then exploded reviews reviews and then found uh, this wild cult following and it's much um much discussed and much memed even in like the in like the hipster uh music nerd community uh which sucks um <laughs> i mentioned pitchfork pitchfork is now like it's now like this is like their this is like the album that they compare everything else to, including Daft Punk's, uh, you know, discovery by the say six four, and you know, but like, but Believe is number twenty three in their top songs of the nineties, but no, no Neutral Milk Hotel songs above that. And I looked up, did they, did they review the album Believe? No, they did not. So great, great job, guys. Uh, with, with some of these like um, independent and like hipster websites, this became this became like a growing thing. This album, and like people were like became obsessed with it. And then of course, like oh, it's overplayed or overpraised because as soon as anything becomes liked, that means it's not cool anymore. Right. Which is so fucking dumb. You know, this is why it's it's fun to enjoy Believe by Cher. Just fucking settle down. This this one is a weird album. I have a lot of memories about it. I, I remember I was DJing in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I was opening up for the great Terrence Parker, and I was playing a drum and bass set. And I just in the middle of it dropped uh, Holland in 1945, which is the which is a two, one, two, two three, three, four, four. It's an insane fuzz because they made the album that way, not to like destroy anyone's eardrums. But just to have that fuzz, and a friend of mine who was in the crowd ran up to me and said, "Elliot, turn it down, turn it down. You're blowing the speakers out." I'm like, "No, that's what it sounds like." <laughs> I remember listening to Ghost a lot in college with my buddy Matt. We would drive around town and like, and he would just pound the steering wheel, but that great, you know, four four pick, uh, just like banging the steering wheel. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it's a wild ass album. He, uh, this guy Jeff Ming, I'm like. Found a place in the Elephant Six Musical Collective. I think I think out of Athens, Georgia. A lot of bands out of there of Montreal. I'm curious if oh, who your indie guys are, Jake. Well, you, you mentioned Athens. Probably the greatest indie band of them all. REM are from Athens. Um, and so are the B, and so are the B52s. Interesting. Oh, that makes sense in a weird way. The Twain. All right. Uh, the, the guy who did the album art for this album, uh, which has which has a, an odd like postcard little like uh, 
like situation going on and texture not not a lick of the name of the band or the album on it also did the album cover for new adventures in hi-fi really yeah previous episode yeah. apparently he lived on the down the street from from jeff mangum wow yeah yeah um, so this weird, wild-ass collective of musicians in, in Georgia doing really, like, uh, you know, new shit. And it, it's about to blow up. And then this guy puts this album out, and it's about some really weird shit. Yep, uh, Jake, what'd you think? Uh, I, I loved it. Every song was so catchy. You know how, uh, you know, as the, as, the, as the designated, you know, rock guy uh, for the show, I'll be the first to admit... A lot of albums have a lull, you know, like there's, you know, it's maybe the artist, you know, doing something, you know, trying something new out um, that's maybe not quite landing. Uh, more times than not, that's just what happens, um, which is fine. Uh, but uh, this album was just like banger after banger. Um, I was trying to see if there was, if it was like a concept album, um, if it was like telling the story about something. I couldn't find anything about that, or, or I was trying to listen to the lyrics, and the lyrics are quite odd on yes. some songs. Um, but yeah, is this a concept album, or is it just because I feel like all the songs flow? Re- I mean, I can I can imagine you really connected this album because the sequencing is off the chain. I know you're a sequence guy. All the tracks overlap each other. Every track fades into the next one, right. even if it's like ugh, and like the. Something starts immediately, and it seems like it feels like one take, you know, which right. is a, an amazing uh, listening experience. People have tried to figure out is this a concept album for a while. Um, there's a lot of theories. People are trying to like like interpret the lyrics for a long time. What we know is this: <laughs> Are you one of these? Are you one of these fans? <laughs> no, I'm not. I just enjoy the album, you, and I take are you two headed boy in 1923 on on Reddit. <laughs> Oh, that, yeah, that's my uh, that's my Reddit name. <laughs> we know that Jeff Mangum read the Diary of Anne Frank. Okay, uh, I saw that online on the Wikipedia. And he said he was shattered by it, like wept for three days, and then he said he wrote this album about it, seemingly. Wow. And people theorize that this is like as if he had a uh, musical time 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 machine to save her. It's a lot of there's a lot of imagery. He's just like jumping around during these songs, like screaming this like weird imagery of like sexual awakening, abusive fathers, uh, depression, and and like fear. But it seems to be caked in youth, and and also like the the musicality is like this like softness, and then like explosions of noise, which sounds like it sounds like bombs going off. Right. Um. So people think it might be a love letter to Anne Frank. We don't know for sure. Just just from like the the Anne Frank connection and Holland 1945, I thought it was like something like maybe and even like the airplane over the sea. I was thinking it was like some like a um, is the right word like a metaphor or an allegory, one of those two, uh, for like World War Two, you know? Um, well, yeah, yeah. Story that takes place in during World War Two. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. Um, yeah, I feel uh, like where where share where, where believe is we talk, you, you mentioned it was very like vocal forward. I feel like aeroplane, maybe it was just you know 
maybe it's just me, but I feel like the vocals are oftentimes like buried in like this like fuzz and this like instrumentation um, on a lot of parts of the album. What did you think? Yeah. On Aeroplane, they didn't use any fuzz pedals. They just plugged into the table and like cranked their shit to 11 and, and then compressed everything where it is just like a tape fuzz. Like there's an F like, you know, under everything. And then like, until it just stops and you hear, and you just hear Jeff and his guitar, like, like playing and strumming, even that's quite loud and the compressed, uh, you know, there's no distance to it. We don't really know how big this room is that they're playing in, you know, as we talk about often. Uh, it's just like this wildly produced kind of tape quality, underground, very, very, it feels like, it feels like a secret. It feels like an uncovered album that like we weren't supposed to find and then within are the secrets to everything. It, it's really wild because uh, no one can quite figure out what he's talking about. Uh, there's a lot of really wild lyrics. I love you, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, <laughs> stains the mountaintops. Like he has, he has his wild yeah. vocals like and then like his poetry is just bizarro uh, town. But he's amazing. But it's amazing, and you kind of get like at least a vibe. You feel yeah. somewhere, but you're not sure where. And I think that's kind of the uh, allure of this one. I think it's great. Absolutely, um, I love the way the acoustic guitar was recorded. Looks like the producer was uh, a guy named, or is a guy uh, named. Oh shoot, I just had it. Uh, is it Robert? Robert Schneider. Rob Schneider. Boom. There you go. <laughs> Rob Schneider. How about that? Met, so talented guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rob uh, Schneider is Rob? the producer of the Indie Rock. Right. <laughs> I, would love, I would love it. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I'm a I'm really big on listening to things and hearing and trying to trying to hear, okay, like what's this influence? What influence this? Um so in this, I are you familiar with Daniel Johnston? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, heard a lot of him, uh, a lot of that like mm-hmm. uh, that acoustic, um, abstract imagery in, in the lyrics. You know, very lo-fi for sure, for sure. I mean, like um, uh, even I hate it. I hate the term, but outsider art kind of. I something. I could see that uh, bedroom pop. Um, yeah, I would, this I would is say, not you too. You know, it's not like. Yeah. Everything's gonna be okay. He walked out in the street. This is like something crazy is going on in this guy's head, and he's yeah. writing words about it, and we don't really know what it means. Yeah, uh, I could hear. Um, I imagine they're probably contemporaries, but uh, Kano Burst from Bright Eyes, very much um, influenced. Yeah, um, and then everything that came after it. Uh, Ellie and I are both big fans of the Decemberists and Colin Malloy. Uh, this love, love. Man, this sounds. Uh, this, this you can hear the December's literally in every single song uh, on on this album, and I I loved it. Um, huge December's. I think, but I think like while the December's are tight as a drum, th- this stuff is loose, and it oh yeah, and it like drops tempo, and they're like fuck it, and then like just some things, some recordings just stop, and yeah. like and like moved on. And then, like, uh, it's very as much like, oh, also, like, we want it to sound as dirty as possible. We want to stomp on our records and re-record them, like Portishead or whatever. Yeah. You know, we want, like, we want some dirt on this. We want it to be a tape. They must have wanted it to be a tape. Uh, 
because they, they were exchanging tapes all the time, Mangum and his, and his, you know, his fellow uh, producers and all that, or and musicians. They wanted something like uh, analog and real, and like, and he was tapping into some weird, weird part of himself to to write this stuff. I, I, like, I, I was thinking like it, it's a sound, and the horns, the horns, they're blasting horns through these microphones as well, and like, and and the horns barely make it out of the production alive uh, because distorted horns will break an eardrum or shatter your headphones. Uh, but it sounds like most of the horn section stuff it sounds like a marching band having a really bad time yeah. or a very difficult time. <laughs> like, 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 I mean, emotionally, like the horns sound sad, like like they're trudging. And then in the back of the album, one should know it, is a horn section on stilts with a man that's tiny leading them. It's really, it's just, there's something going on here. We haven't figured it out yet. It's so interesting and wild and cool. I, I fucking love it. It was a, it was a really, it's a quick listen. It's only 39 minutes. The longest song is that, is that O'Cumley? Oh, I had, I, let me see. It's like a, oh, it might be, which is a devastating tune. Eight, eight minutes. Um, eight, 18. Which, you know, the rest of the songs are, you know, average, you know, three minutes. I mean, the opening track is two minutes. Uh, I guess, you know, it kind of is one song if you listen to it and want to like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I was I was listening to it and I was like, oh, you know, this, this song's going on. And I looked and yeah, sure enough, it, you know, eight minutes. And that was really really interesting how they went from these like short like bursts to this like epic um it feels like a the whole album feels like a piece you know and like i love that it's a, it's an album it's not yeah. like a singles kind of album you know that like, they're not like which what's the single it's like it feels like some of these shorter tr- tracks probably went on for longer and he's like no look we'll at the idea next right. one let's keep let's 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 get this thing below 45 and these th- these quiet moments of like deep sadness and then explosions of noise and excitement uh, are so effective to me. Like, and this guy was known, like they toured after this album for a bit, got pretty well known. And uh, some of the shows were pretty intense. And he was, Jeff and company were known for a pretty in- intense show. Meaning like he would have a lot of people on, on stage because there's a lot of musicality going on. Like, well, I need someone to play the saw for this one. You know, like, and then he was like, just grab someone and throw them into the drums, like, 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 like really intense shit, and like, and just keep it going. Very kind of punk rock, actually. Like, like, yeah. Doesn't matter if the drums are splayed across the stage. He'll he'll pick up the sticks and start playing on something. It'll be fine. Like, um, and then after this tour, and after the, the mediocre uh, criticism of the album, and then especially the cult explosion of it, he said no thanks and went away and that was kind of that i think he played another show uh reunited with the band and that was the show to see and then and, and i think it was a few years ago um people were losing their shit about it a lot of theorizing and then nothing he's just gone so we don't he's like the i heard people saying like oh he's like the sid barrett of indie rock he's the J.D. Salinger of indie rock. He's the he, he, uh, Bobby Fisher of indie rock. Where is he? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> like, showed up, made a masterpiece, according to a few, a few, 
uh, set the standard and left the genre, if you want to call it that, which I still don't think it's a genre, and it's just gone. It's mysterious. He's so he's not active like on social media or anything. Or, I can't imagine. Not that I know. Of. He's just like, like he's that. just like an influencer now. It's <laughs> like hi. I love this new bathing suit. It's so great. <laughs> um, I also I heard a lot of um, Scott Pilgrim, uh, the music made by Sex Bomb. Oh, uh, with the fuzz guitar. Yeah, I was. Like, this yeah. reminds me of like Scott, like the music from Scott Pilgrim. We are Sex Bomb. One, two, three, four. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds like it's made in a dirty ass basement. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this was awesome. Um, I know you have the vinyl. I, I, mm-hmm. I saw the vinyl once at Waterloo Records in Austin. <gasps> I saw it and the, uh, we touched on it, but like the, this is uh, probably one of the more iconic album, uh, album artworks um, that we've, that we've seen uh, on the show and, and anyone's ever seen. Uh, it's just it's instantly recognizable um, for its uh, weirdness. It's weird. Yeah, it's it's very weird. It's based off a postcard. Yeah. Um, that, and you wouldn't because the, and, the, and the band's name isn't on it. So you wouldn't know what it is. You pick it up. But I, it's like not, a secret. It's a secret. You have to know what it is before you like purchase it from the record store. Isn't that weird? It's not I, even on the spine, dude. The name isn't even on the spine. And I didn't know. You know, I just saw it, and I just—I know I've seen this before on like lists and out, you know. And I didn't, and I, after hearing it today, I'm like, man, I just wish I would have picked it up because this would be a cool one though on vinyl for sure. It's good. Oh. Cl- uh, closing thoughts on Ninja Milk Hotels in an airplane over the sea, which is thinking. I'm glad I finally got to listen to this album. Um, it's been on your radar a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know me like i love 90s rock and i love i love stuff that you hear on the radio um but there's so there's so much good music that um you know wasn't on mix 96.1 growing up you know that i wasn't exposed to uh this is one of those albums you know um and it's a name they're they're a band name that i've heard for years and honestly i thought that they had more material they have like two albums um and so reading about them and reading like about the the cult following this album has was really really interesting and um i realized there's a lot more to it than just like a really cool album artwork yeah um so i got into it in college and uh i really like you know the opening track came out king of carrot flowers part one and i put it on this mix cd i made that accompanied a graphic novel that i wrote called uh, the adventures of margaret espresso boy and i sent jake a link earlier in the day and I said, hey, at 3 minutes 30, I play King of Carrot Flowers over uh, <laughs> Snoop Dogg and Pharrell, drop it like it's hot. And I just wanted to be here. So, like, he knew, like, oh, I've been into this. And, like, check out this remix that I made. Two hours later, I get a text from my friend Jody, who I haven't heard from in maybe 17 years. She goes, and she goes, hey, how are you doing? And I go, Wow. Um, I'm doing all right. How are you? She's like, look what I just found while I was cleaning up. It was the graphic novel Margot Espresso Boy that I made. Wow. Um, and I'm like, that's nuts that you just texted me and sent me that picture. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about that album Neutral Milk by Neutral Milk Hotel tonight. 
<laughs> we talked for a little bit. I'm like, any thoughts on that album? I said, any thoughts on Believe by Cher? She goes, not really. <laughs> She's a real like uh, Fugazi. Like, I oh, give right me that. On. Give me that Queens of the Stone Age, like hard rock stuff. And, and I, uh, she was like, I'm like, any, any quick thoughts on in an aeroplane? And she goes, I love you, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he texts me this in like, like multiple caps and short, you know, I'm like, excellent. I'm like, that's my thought. So, um, but it's so, like, how weird is that? That she hit me up. Um, that's insane. Cause I listened to that, I listened to this album with her a great deal. I think this album has something going on with it, and it summons people. Yeah, <laughs> it's really weird. Well, this is awesome. Um, I feel like um, musically smarter now. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. I, I can add this to um, things that I've listened to. Um, like I said, it's been a big, it's been a big um, blind spot for me. So this was great. I, I can't wait to return to it. Cool. Uh, you, you will though. Oh, absolutely. If you see that album out in the wild, you're going to grab it? I, I won't hesitate if I <laughs> This is like this is like when I saw um this is like when I saw uh Vegas um um out and uh that day we were we were shooting our engagement photos in the record store and I saw Vegas in the used bin. Did you find Vegas in the wild? I thought you ordered that. No, I found it in the wild. Are you serious? Where? End of an year. And we finished. I've never I, found that in the wild. I've never, I've never seen it in the wild. That's amazing. Oh, it's, it's one of my, it's one of my prized possessions. And I remember being like, we finished for the day, and I was like, hey, um, can we go back and see if that Crystal Method album is still there? And because my wife is the kindest person ever, it was just like, okay, let's go check it out. Bless your heart. What'd you get it for? Uh, reasonable. Um, I think thirty. It was a repress, so. Oh. Uh, uh, but uh, one of my one of my biggest regrets, though, is I didn't pick up that. I found a copy of uh, "Dig Your Own Hole." Dig Your Own Hole, yeah. Um, uh, I think that one may have been an original, but it was uh, my budget. Um. But oh well. You gotta next time you see something like that. Uh, let me let me Venmo you, and oh, we'll sort okay. it out. You know what I'm saying? I'll keep an eye out. Yeah, hey, we're a team, bro. This is true. So, for next time, <gasps> let's let's gather around the campfire. Uh oh, wait! I feel a chill in the air. All right, Jake, I'm it's... scared. Hold me, hold me. <laughs> It's spooky season. Uh, we it still is. have the keys to Stefani Manor, but we're stepping <gasps> out. We're we're going, uh, we're going to uh, <laughs> we're going to the lake. Um, the lake. We're, we're going to Eve Six Lake, <laughs> and um, we're going there okay. to to uh, tell some ghost stories and mm-hmm. talk about some some spooky albums. Some albums uh, that uh, maybe uh. not. Maybe aren't uh, like full blown, you know, like Rob Zombie or, uh, but something more along the lines of like that uh, Aphex Twin, you know, that, that um, inspire our um, a sense of eeriness. To really get our imaginations in the dark going, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
So, in the spirit of Halloween, let's put our masks on. And um, let's, you know, let's put our, you know, our orange jumpsuit on with our, our number one and number two on there. And let's take a trip to Iowa and talk about an album that came out in 1999 by a not little band called Slipknot. Oh, boy. We're doing Slipknot's self-titled. Oh, boy. Slipknot self-titled 99? Yeah. Okay. I'm, keep, I'm scared, Jake. Keep an eye out for Wait and Bleed. Um, uh, Wait and Bleed, uh, Spit It Out, um, Surfacing. Uh, oh, man, there's so many good songs on this album. Uh, <laughs> Thick, Eyeless. Um, check out prosthetics. Oh, there's so many good songs. I'm so excited. Have you ever, what, what's your experience with Slipknot? I'll ask you again when we record, but uh, uh, zero. Awesome. I know who they I, are. They're, they're, they're kind of, uh, I mean, instantly recognized by my not, but, uh, this album, whew, I cannot wait to talk about Slipknot. Uh, okay. Well, oh, boom. Slipknot, you say. <laughs> I am scared. Uh, well, I guess I, I I should probably have an album too, and I'll go a little more electronic, but also scary. I think because I'm not too familiar with this one, but it's a band we should probably talk about, uh, especially if we're talking about '90s and and uh, radio rock and electronica uh, in 1994, the Downward Spiral by, by Nine Inch Nails came out. Let's do that one. Let's talk about Nine Inch Nails, The Downward Spiral. These are some big albums we're going to tackle next time. I know it's a lot of listening. We're going to do it though. So yeah, so uh, if you if you enjoyed Sharers Believe or the top, or just the song Believe, that's fine. Um, be sure to give be sure to give Cher a listen. She we mentioned it multiple times. She's an icon uh, of yes. um, not just American pop, just like a pop culture icon. Um, who's uh, just all around a, a, a talented person. So um, give Cher some spins next time you're um, hanging out with some friends. I guarantee you it'll be an instant um, sing-along. And if you love Nutrimilk Hotel, I cannot recommend this album. If, if you didn't get to listen to it, I cannot recommend this album more. It was very unique experience um, to finally check this album off my list. So thank you, Elliot, for appreciating yeah. Of course. If you're in like a like a party where like it's losing some energy, drop share. If you're in a party where everyone's like uh, sniffing their own asses and like drinking wine and like talking about the books they own, drop some neutral milk hotel, and then you will just earn some weird cult, like a uh, cultural respect. That's that's where I would drop this one. Uh, I like that. Yeah. If you want, if you want a sad brunch, <laughs> go for well, that. That that's the um, episode title. Sad brunch. I love that. Okay. Oh, I didn't write that down. They keep Ooh, on forgetting these. <laughs> actually, Sad Brunch, that could be like our, our musical collective name. Like, Oh, but I'm so happy to hang out with you. <laughs> Me too. I don't feel bummed out at all, man. Happy Brunch? Happy Brunch. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> all so, right. Um, uh, so for next time, you know, get your camping bags ready. Get your favorite yeah. snacks, your flashlights, and... Uh, Join Elliot and I at Lake Eve 6 
um, as we discuss two of two, admittedly right at the bat, very intense albums. But um, yeah, it's gonna be a wild listen. It's gonna be great. I I cannot wait to dive into this one. Um, um, if you're just now finding Sip Mimos, uh, this is a big passion project for Elliot and I. Uh, we've been doing it past uh, going on four years now, and um, every listener, every like, every you know kind word we hear truly means the world to us. So, um, yeah. thank you for discovering us. If you, if you're, if you're like uh, a big share fan and you found us, thank you for um, for giving us a listen, and giving us a shot. Um, same thing for a Neutral Milk Hotel fan, um, and be sure to like and subscribe um give us a follow on instagram sip memos pod uh, at sip if, memos if you're pod. if you're a pitchfork media reporter come at me bro yeah because <laughs> uh, that would even get us more uh attention if i got in a fight with pitchfork i would love, love that just let some happiness into your heart you ask us six four for discovery come on man maybe so, <laughs> maybe i can see giving six four uh if Maybe they're reviewing that re-release album they're gonna do with no drums. Have you heard about this? Oh, that's Random Access Memories, though. Oh, okay, never mind. It's like another version of Random Access. They're they're just they're just realizing that. Oh, we we need to make another album, and then then we'll get the reunion tour, and then everything will be all right. They'll play in that sphere in Vegas. That's oh, we, clearly designed for Daft. We didn't talk about that, but. I really wanted to. I didn't think it. I did. I can't believe it didn't come up actually until now. Oh, just real quick, it looks. It, I've never seen anything like it before. It's amazing. It, it looks crazy. I think I would get dizzy and fall over and and fall to my death off the mezzanine. <laughs> I truly think I would get like vertigo. It's so beautiful. I would get vertigo. What, no, what a, no, you, no, you too. Pun intended. Yeah. But <laughs> what a way to go, though. Like he's like gonna die during the U two concert. <laughs> Great, yeah, that's saw, my legacy. I saw the <laughs> you talking you two to me guys were there for the opening. Yes, and... they've just released an episode about it. Oh, I've been it's... I've been loving their spring stuff. I gotta go listen to it. Um, oh, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, yeah, yeah. it it's right there. It looks insane. I I want to go to a show there so badly. Um, it looks insane. Hey, let's start saving up and like once one of our guys shows up there, we're going. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're I a love... Vegas boy, you can show me around. You can show Hell me yeah, Jake's Vegas. All right, cool. Oh my God, let's do it. Let's do it. Once oh. Daft Punk gets back together, as they will, that's the show. Yeah, and then that... Daft in the in the in the sphere, dude. I would lose my shit. You Apparently, to... like the cheaper seats are even better because you're up higher and you see like the whole like it's it's wild. Like you don't want like the down stuff because like yeah. you get blocked. You want like the middle craziness because it's like. Apparently it's like it's like dizzying and overwhelming. Like you're going to like get sick or like fall over because it's like just even the human mind hasn't seen this shit before. It looks crazy. And, and what a band to debut! Uh, no, no other band could could do it besides you two. I mean, of course just, it's you two. Yeah, they had. Yeah. I mean, that's so cool. Oh, did they did they do um, the album we talked about? Did it Octane Baby? Was it Octane Baby? Yeah, they did the whole thing. Man, yeah. I love it. Yep. Ah, oh, okay. They listen to our show. They're like, let's do that one. Let's do that one. <laughs> Jake and I Elliot it. like it. This this We're one's for it. Jake and Elliot. <laughs> yeah. I heard they said that. I heard they said that. Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. so good? And it's just them on a stage. There's no 
backing music. This stage it's looks just... like the stage looks this big in this gigantic, weird, uh, like dome. Oh, it looks like unearthly. Well, it looks wild. What, at one point, I guess when the show starts off, it looks like you're like in a silo or something, and you look up, and it looks like well, they, it's. Well, they make stories. it. They make it look at it. They make it look like it's concrete, but it's, it's only the projection. It's only like the videos telling you what it is, and then they start cracking and breaking away, and you realize we're in a different world. They they were trying to go for like virtual reality without glasses, and then like just breaks away, and now you're in fucking space. Apparently, there's like you can go there and like see a uh, video or a presentation of it, but that's directed by Darren Aronofsky, oh, wow. uh, the guy that did, the guy that did Requiem for a Dream. Do I? Do I... <laughs> Do, do I want to see something that Darren Aronofsky made for the sphere? <laughs> it's all it's all just people shooting up heroin and dying. It's really upsetting. Uh, but but it's so big. Uh, so you go into the vein as the needle, and you come out. Like, I'm the heroin. Uh, no, no, I'm joking. <laughs> but it looks it, it just looks it, it looks insane. He's like, he was like he was there to like make a montage of clips and then make it look just nuts. Uh, it looks. We gotta go gotta if go. we can go. If we we got, it's gotta happen. I yeah. I just I watch so many videos. At one point, it looks it like it's like a big collage, and it's like it's a scene from like everything, everywhere, all at once. Like it's just like crazy, just like visuals, and it that's that's I don't I don't know why, but the this the, the visuals made me think about that movie, like the with all yeah. the like, I, I, psychedelic. I saw, happenings and i just i was like it reminded me of that movie yeah yeah we'll get there oh, oh i think can we announce it that the first oh, yeah. Mimo's oh, live yeah. show is going to be at the sphere in las vegas <laughs> uh yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we were gonna you know we we really wanted to hold off you know we're just too excited yeah we're, there's, a, there's a few tickets left well we'll get to the sphere but first right we're stop, okay, we're yeah. stop first we'll stop at the lake and tell oh, some right Share some spooky albums. Okay, let's well, share some spooky albums. So join us next time while we talk about Nine Inch Nails and Slipknot and keep an eye out for our pre-sale code for our show with the Sphere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, within this episode, there is a QR code. You'll get $10 off your $3,000 ticket. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to decode the inscription. <laughs> <laughs> you have to figure out what the what the lyrics what 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 the aeroplane uh yeah you have to is. find out we we've made it into one sentence and if you know the sentence exactly about what the in, in an aeroplane over sea is about when you type it out precisely you get uh ten dollars off your ticket to yeah. the <laughs> all right dude well i all think right, we did it i think we did too dude you feel okay i feel good feel good all right Whew. All right. Well, once again, thank you for um, thank you for listening to this episode of Sip and Mimos. Right. Yes. And as always, hey, stay sipping. Stay sipping.